0: well welcome to another edition of the bottom line show roger marsh here thursday edition of the program and today we're going to get into something that is uh it's an interesting topic of conversation i think uh, because it happens to people of all different ages and all different stages in life and it it really does have an impact on our lives and that is um, a topic of of conversation regarding something called ghosting now i don't know if you've ever heard the expression before ghosting is um it, it kind of grew out of the uh, uh the slang of the day for younger people and of course we're not talking about ghosts and things like that but rather the idea that when uh, young people would talk to somebody online get to know them for a little bit maybe even know somebody in real life but it happened more online than anywhere else and then they would just stop calling they would stop texting they would stop using social media they would refer to that as uh, started to refer to as ghosting online. And it happens a lot, especially in church places. And um, we're going to take a look at that here in the first uh, half hour or so of the, of the program. Dr. Gregory Jantz is with me. He's going to have a, a conversation with me about a book that he's written on this topic and this phenomenon. But, you know, it's interesting because the kids refer to this as something where maybe I had a friend online and we used to have conversation back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden here comes, um, you know, whatever, but they have a disagreement, whatever, and they just stop talking. The one person just shuts down, doesn't communicate with the person at all. And, you know, I, I you've seen this happen before. Sometimes it's a simple misunderstanding. Sometimes I remember having a conversation about this with a longtime friend who, um, had, had expressed through a text message, uh, a desire to no longer have conversation. And I respected that desire, but I didn't, communicate that to that person so about a month later I got a note back saying hey what happened you know I, I sent you this thing about how I didn't really want to you know be we didn't have that much to talk about anymore and you never responded and I'm like well I didn't respond because you basically told me you didn't want to. It. <laughs> it was a business thing it kind of went sideways we get it but you know there are definitely some rules in doing so but you know it, what's interesting about this I realized that adults face this you know with friends with peers um, sometimes maybe it's, uh, you work with somebody very, very closely and you thought you were close in a relationship and then they change jobs or you change jobs and you don't really have any kind of communication with them. Other times, I mean, it can be an adult child who says, look, mom and dad were kind of toxic. And so as I get older, I'm just going to kind of disappear a little bit. Or maybe it's the adults. I mean, more and more millennials are complaining now that, uh, if they have parents, especially who are baby boomers. Uh, the the kids are saying, hey, we need your help taking care of our kids and raising them and stuff like that. And the boomer the boomer grandparents are like, bye, we're on vacation. And I, I, we wrestle with that. I mean, Lisa and I have four grandchildren between the two of us, two more on the way. And the kids are not necessarily readily close. We're kind of in a good central location for all of that. But on the other side of the equation, they have some, you know, grandparents who are heavily involved over at their house all the time or bring them over. Um, and in one case, one of our kids actually, a kid, child and spouse lives with one of their parents. So, I mean, it's a, it's a situation where um, you, you, you might not intentionally, uh, quote unquote, ghost your kids or your parents or whatever. But at the same time, you do kind of step away from that. And so we're, we're going to kind of get down and dirty on that with Dr. Gregory Jansen in just a moment. First of all, one of the things I want, did want to bring up is the fact that when it comes to that type of uh, activity, the ghosting, if you will, One place that we see this happen on a regular basis, I can hear every pastor who listens to the bottom line show right now saying, I totally understand ghosting. And the reason they understand ghosting is because it happens to them all the time. Um, I know the feeling. There's that couple that's really strong in church and they're very, very devoted. And then something happens and you don't see them for a week or two and that becomes six months. And then it becomes a year and you call the house and no one responds and you send the email and you mail something out and and, and they just disappear. They just vanish. And it's interesting to see that happen. I'm sure a lot of pastors can relate to it because in some cases they've found another church and they're just going somewhere else and maybe they didn't want to tell the pastor. I mean, it it really is a good idea to tell the pastor if you're leaving uh, that you're no longer going to be there. I remember as I uh, uh, made my way away from uh, my former church Lutheran Church of the Cross uh, Lisa and I moved out of the area and so we had you know hadn't been around for a while new pastor had come and take o- taken over and I hadn't been to the church maybe in a year or so and last summer I had a chance to worship with them and uh, let them know where I lived and everything like that so the new pastor knew since he, he goes yeah I've heard about you but uh, uh, we weren't really sure exactly what had happened well there were people who were there who knew it happened but they left So it was kind of nice to, uh, you know, reinforce that with folks. And we still keep in touch with some people from the church on social media. But churches have seen a decline in attendance. One of the reasons why that happens is they just go to another church, the people who leave. But sometimes you don't get a chance to find out why they left. And that's really important for churches to know. Was it the pastor? Was it someone, something said at the congregation? Was it the way you interpret scripture? The way you handle that type of thing? Sometimes you get people who are going to church, maybe it's a large group of elderly folks and a few young families. And as people just, you know, graduate and go home to be with the Lord, they're not restocking, they're not replenishing the uh, membership. Well, if that's the case, I mean, that's perfectly understandable. Every church has to be aware of that type of thing happening. Sometimes, though, you see um, a drop in attendance or whatever, and you have to ask the question, well, is it something that our church is doing? Either the church body or, uh, the, the, if you're part of a denomination, the denominational difference. Case in point, it's been very interesting for me to watch. I, I'm, a big, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that the church today needs to be a lot more nimble than the church is. There are a lot of people who are wringing their hands in the quote-unquote evangelical industrial complex because they're seeing all these, you know, conventions and and, and universities and things that they had set up, big church buildings and big church programs, turning out not to be as effective as they thought. And then the question is, well, how nimble is the church? I mean, how much money do we have tied up in assets that we're not using to help spread the gospel, which we're called to do? How many American branches of international denominations have not only the church buildings themselves but then they have regional offices and then they have the national corporate office and and what would happen if we started offloading some of this real estate well one denomination in question that is in fact mulling the opportunity to do so is the presbyterian church usa it's the largest presbyterian denomination in the u.s And they have a headquarter uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, that they've had since the 1980s. Now, back in the day, uh, there was a merger that happened well 40 years ago, I I believe, when the Presbyterian Church, what is now the Presbyterian Church USA, was actually born. The Southern-based Presbyterian Church in the U.S. merged with the United Presbyterian Church in the U.S.A., um and formed one denomination, Presbyterian Church USA. Now, there still is a Presbyterian Church of America, PCA, and I believe there's the uh, Evangelical Covenant of... It's former PCUSA churches that wanted to get back to what they believed the Presbyterian Church was. But PCUSA headquarters, they're considering putting up for sale. Like I said, they've been there for 40 years. They moved into the building, actually, in... In August of 1988, a couple of years after the 1983 merger, according to uh, PCUSA Communications Director Rick Jones, a core board is beginning a conversation about the long-term future of the Presbyterian Center. The discussion began during the board meeting last week. Uh, No decision has been made about what the future is going to be. However... A couple of things that prompted this to happen. First, the changing workforce patterns after COVID has prompted church leaders to consider the best stewardship of the center and what might be this best strategy for support of current and future ministries, what that might be. Now, that is a real thing. That's happened to a lot of companies that realized that they had a big building, they had a large on-site staff, everybody got together, and may I add, many of these organizations would get the staff together and they wasted a lot of time. I mean, I'm going to just be frank here. I've never seen greater wastes of time than at churches and at nonprofit organizations that get together and do stupid stuff. Let's have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. Let's have staff devotions every single day. Let's get together on somebody else's dime and not do the business of the ministry to which we're called. Let's get a bigger building. Let's hire more staff. Do we really need the staff? Do we really need the building? I mean, I'm all in favor of staff devotions. Do we need them every day? Can we do them once a week? Can we do them once a month? Can we do them and not interrupt our regular time? If your business time starts at 8.30 in the morning and the first thing on the clock at 8.30 in the morning is staff devotions, maybe once a week, you get together at 8.00. And from 8 to 830, you have devotions. I, there are just lots of different ways that we in the church can be more nimble. PCUSA is looking to merge, move off this building for a couple of reasons. First of all, the fewer people are going to the office. But the second one may be the greater reason. And that is that PCUSA has experienced a considerable decline over the past couple of decades, not only in congregations, but also in membership. In the year 2000, the PCUSA had 2.5 million members. By 2011, they had dropped to 2 million members. And as of the end of 2022, which is the last day that the PCUSA Office of General Assembly has annual statistics to report, the number of members, congregants, who worship at Presbyterian USA churches is 1.14 million. They've literally seen the denomination be cut literally in less than half not as many staff not as many congregations to serve now why is that is it the economy possibly was it COVID perhaps did it have anything to do with the fact that in 2013 the PCUSA had contemplated for a decade whether or not to ordain same-sex individuals and permit same-sex quote-unquote marriages that went on from 2000 to 2010 They saw their membership drop from 2.5 to 2 million. Once they signed the deal in 2013, membership was down to 1.1 million. Regardless of the actual reason, two stories here. First of all, should denominations, Southern Baptist Convention, Church of Christ, they're all getting ready to possibly sell their big buildings too? I'm a big fan of that. I'd much rather see a church operate in a small rented building and take all of the resources, assets that they have in real estate, and liquidate them so they could then use them for ministry. Being in a ten to fifteen million dollar building on fifty acres of land does not help the kingdom of God as much as taking those resources and preaching the gospel, going into all the world, feeding the hungry, and curing for the sick. Anyway, though, <laughs> that's we'll put this article up the bottomlineshow.com, and you can have a look at it and decide for yourself what you think is the best way to pray in this situation. As we continue, one of the reasons why the denomination is losing membership could be its political stance. Otherwise, it could also just be a case, a simple case of ghosting. What exactly is ghosting? Dr. Gregory Jantz tackles this topic on the next break. It's coming up next. There's the next segment, actually. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trust. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain.
1: So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out, so you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone, and ask about our accounts that are based even higher amounts for funds over 250000
0: Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money Account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial. Simply better alternatives. You ever had that situation happen where you've got someone who appears to be a really good friend or so you'd like to think is a really good friend and then all of a sudden that person just kind of disappears. You don't really know exactly what happened or what you might have said or what they might have said. You're just not sure what happened. Well, if there's a new phenomenon that's happening in the uh, culture. It's called ghosting. And it's that process of somebody who just kind of disappeared in your life. And it, it's not always easy to understand. And sometimes you don't realize you've been ghosted until it's, been going on for maybe a year or so dr gregory jantz is here with us today here on the bottom line to discuss this new phenomenon he's got a brand new book out called here today ghosted tomorrow when someone disappears from from your life and we have a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com dr gregory jantz welcome back to the bottom line show oh good to be with you it is it is so troublesome when, when somebody ghosts you yeah yes it's wild. I mean, and, and you don't really know. Dr. Jens is a best-selling author, of nearly forty books to his credit. Uh, he is a go-to media source for all sorts of different topics, and and a real pioneer in the holistic care area. Uh, and this is something that I think, as far as holistic care goes, there are a lot of people who are saying, "Wait, I, you know, what was the last time I heard from them? Gosh, I, I, you don't even realize it's happening. How how does how does ghosting happen? Is there like a process where people are kind of going through that you've been able to identify so you can?" I, get a better handle on what it means when someone does, in fact, ghost you?
1: Yes. And, you know, ghost is kind of a funny word. Yeah. Uh, really what it means, um, and I don't know why that word was chosen, but what it means is <laughs> somebody has disappeared uh-huh. from your life that you thought, you thought you had a relationship, you thought that things were probably going okay, um, and suddenly they're gone. Mm. And they do this maybe uh, through online. They do this through texting or through social media. Mm. And I was just talking to somebody, and she said, I thought it was was, was a dating relationship. I thought we were having a good relationship. And suddenly, he stopped responding. Mm. And she said, I felt so hurt and betrayed. Mm. And just that betrayal. And so that's what we're dealing with—a mm-hmm. a betrayal uh, that it makes you doubt yourself. You f- feel waves of anger. You feel desperate. A betrayal. Yeah. And so that—that's a deep pain. Now that's that's one. Uh, when you think you have a, a a good relationship, the other could be a person that you maybe it's a job interview. And you've confirmed the interview. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Okay. Yep. And they don't show. And they don't say anything. Mm. And, um, you know, now, you and I, we would have never thought of doing that. You're going <laughs> to always show up.
0: Of course. <laughs> right? Uh, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> something something shifted in our culture. Um, and in a way, people have forgot how to resolve conflict how to have appropriate communication to problem solve so that's what we're talking about hmm.
0: here today ghosted tomorrow is the brand new book by dr gregory Jantz. when someone disappears from your life we have a link for the book up at the bottom line dot com and i had to chuckle dr jance there are pastors everywhere who are saying well i know that feeling i mean long before this was even a thing when people attend your church maybe for a year or two and then all of a sudden they just stop attending and you reach out and try to call them. And, you know, maybe they moved. Maybe there was something, you know, that they didn't like. They didn't like the new worship leader or t- didn't like the sermon you preached last week. That that happens a lot. But now that it's happening one-to-one with people, um, I, I'm sure there are a lot of folks. The, the, the whole ghosting phenomenon is kind of juxtaposed against the fact that there are so many people now who wh- resilience is getting tougher and tougher to find. I guess just younger people are finding that, you know, everything, <laughs> <Yeah>. everything's fine. <laughs> as long as we all get along and we're all happy. And when something like this ghosting happens, I'm sure it's even more devastating to young people too. But what are some good ways for us when we do experience this to deal with it first and foremost? I mean, we can obviously just fold our arms across our chest and say, hmm, well, I never liked them anyway, but that doesn't help. I mean, what are some practical ways we can deal with the rejection that happens when you experience this type of phenomenon? I, I am so glad
1: you asked that because... One of the things that happens is we feel that hurt and we feel that rejection. We feel that betrayal. We feel that deep wound. So here's the first thing we have to do. Um, We have to accept the reality that this person um, is not exactly who we thought them to be. We have to go, okay, this is about them And you have to say that again. This is about them. This is not about me. Mm. I stayed in the relationship. I was not doing this with them. This is something about them. Because the first thing we want to do usually is personalize it and go, okay, what's wrong with me? Right. Um, And you feel that. You go, wow, I must have really said something or this must be all my fault. And you can really kind of turn into a victim. And that victim is... Um, you're going to feel depressed.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: going to feel uh, probably, you're going to isolate. You're going to feel like, wow, there's something really wrong with me. You're going to feel shameful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, this is an important piece to number one. It's not about me. You have to say that a few times. Um, and be beca- we can get really fixated on this. Go, mm-hmm. okay. The next, because the next step has to be forgiveness. Mm. Um, I am not going to carry this hurt and this anger around. I don't know what's going on for this person, um, but I am choosing to forgive them. And I'm choosing to forgive them is something we're going to say out loud a few times because it's so wounding. Mm -hmm. It's so wounding. And we live in a cancel culture uh, world right now. And so it's kind of the norm to cut people off. And, you know, we have to look, okay, um, I cannot carry this this hurt around. I learned something about this person, and I forgive them. Hmm. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that's right. a decision you have to make several
0: times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Gregory Jantz is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about his brand new book that's discussing a phenomenon that uh, the, the term is rather interesting I mean, that that we use. I mean, not that we're talking about you know spooks and spirits and things like that, but yeah. in the culture, the term is like Dr. Jantz said, the the phenomenon of ghosting means you basically disappeared like you were never there and his book is called here today ghosted tomorrow when someone disappears from your life and i'm sure this is really devastating especially for people who are older you know maybe it's a long-term friendship and then it just kind of disappears you were talking about some of the ways that we deal with rejection dr Jans. uh g- give us some more of those if you would
1: yeah when you feel rejected um it's a tendency to isolate. It's a tendency to go back into your world to keep, or a cave to keep yourself safe. Here's what I'd like to suggest. It's time to keep um, reaching out to others. It's time to stay in relationship. It's time to stay attending that group you're going to. Uh, the tendency is to pull back. I'm wounded. I isolate. Um, and I go, I'm not going to trust anybody else ever again. I mean, that's our, our tendency. Sure. Um, for what one person did to you, don't carry that into a future relationship. Mm. Um, practice, practice good self-care, but don't carry that into a future relationship.
0: You know, I, I, I understand the whole, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, we have to take a little bit of ownership. But, but I appreciate the fact, I was l- reading a, a book written by Dr. Henry Cloud one time where he had a group of people who were having conversation about relationships and things like that. And one woman in the group had been married nine times. And she said, I just wish I could get marriage right. I mean, I keep finding all these different guys and I keep having the same problem. And one, someone else in the group said, no, you basically married the same person nine different times. You know, I mean, you got to figure yeah. out at some point whether or not whether or not that, that that this person is right for you. And the fact that learning something from it, owning it, and not backing away—if you were like in a small group or something like that—not backing away from the group is really, really important. Um, why do you think, Dr. Jans? Let's let's take a look at the other side of the. Corner. We're talking about people who've been victimized by this phenomenon called ghosting. Why do you think there are so many people now who are actually doing this? I mean, has this actually been going on, and now we're just paying closer attention to it, or do you get the sense that more and more people are saying, "Hey, when I'm done with a relationship, I'm just going to disappear. I don't want to. I don't want to have to have the big confrontation. I just don't want to be there anymore."
1: Yes, and I think um, the advent of social media and the extreme use of social media has caused us. You know, one of the things we do is we compare ourselves to other people online and we can be somebody different online and feel more powerful and say and do things. So there's a persona that we can create and there's also the persona that I, I'm, I'm powerful and mm-hmm. I can cut you off. There you go. Gotcha. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the mentality, <laughs> yeah. you know, so um, so often, now we're looking at youth um, and we're seeing how much time is spent into social media at, or online in different forms. You know, it's upwards 10, 14 hours a day, and then you add screen time from school. You know, that they're living in this. Um, and so that's all their relationships. And sometimes if you ask a person, well... Um, how many friends do you have? Oh, I got lots and lots of friends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, uh, but when have you last seen them? Uh, well, I, I don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to, but, but you don't understand. They're my friend. So right. we, we kind of changed the definition of what a friend is.
0: Mm.
1: So, yeah, work on real relationships. So when I say that, I, I mean, you got to have some in person time with people. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, stay plugged into that group. Keep doing what you're doing um, um, to develop other healthy relationships.
0: Well, Dr. Gregory Jantz is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Here Today, Ghosted Tomorrow, When Someone Disappears from Your Life. It's up at TheBottomLineShow.com, and we do have a copy of the book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Welcome back to this edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Gregory Jantz is my guest. We're talking about his powerful and insightful new small book called Here Today, ghosted tomorrow when someone disappears from your life there's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we do have a copy of the book we're giving away today 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk more about ways that you can heal up what can you learn from a situation where someone ghosts you or let's be honest What happens when you engage in the practice of ghosting somebody else? (laughs) I'll tell you my own personal story and how that is kind of working itself out, all for the good. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues.
2: Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law will fight for justice on your behalf. She has to fight because no insurance company will willingly pay what you've lost after an accident. When you're in an accident, you take legal action simply to be restored to where you were prior to your injuries. Money may be needed for medical treatment, financial restitution for lost time at work, or any other thing that you've lost as a direct result of the injury. Stephanie's desire is for justice, to find what was taken from you due to your injury and have it restored for you. Stephanie will become your advocate, passionately helping you make sure that your doctor's appointments are productive, the insurance companies are being honest, and she'll make those calls that you don't have time for. Go with K. Bright's trusted personal injury attorney who will help make you whole again. Stephanie Cover at com slash C-O-V-E-R and get back to your life.
0: It's good counsel from Dr. Gregory Jantz today here on The Bottom Line. This brand new book is called Here Today, Ghosted Tomorrow, When Someone Disappears from Your Life. And we have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Dr. Jantz, one of the things that you write about in the book is you take a look at uh, not only the reasons why people are doing this more, which we kind of uh, alluded to here just briefly, but also the fact that you know, it's one thing to say, okay, well, I'm gonna to try to heal up from this. I'm gonna deal with the rejection. I know this wasn't my fault, but at the same time, I'm not gonna use that as a weapon, you know, in other relationships. But there are, I'm sure, some long-term impacts uh, to ghosting, especially when, in one we area we haven't talked about yet, but I think our audience may be really interested in, is I'm sure there are some parents right now who, you know, raise kids. Maybe they, they thought the family life was one way or the other. Maybe they knew it was tough and, you know, whatever now we like to say things like, well, the kids don't come around as much anymore (laughs) as they used to. But the reality is there are some adult children who once they move on, they just kind of say, okay, I'm going to touch face with mom and dad, Christmas, birthday, Father's Day, Mother's Day, and that's about it. What kind of long-term damaging effects can a ghosting situation have like that in that kind of relationship?
1: Yeah, it really can create wounds and it causes us not to trust other people it can cause um, difficulty in just developing close, uh, intimate relationships. Uh, it can cause us to feel unworthy of good, healthy relationships. So there is an impact of ghosting. And even if you're the one doing the ghosting, you're going to grow more lonely. Mm. You are going to realize, and, and there is really ultimately you'll notice a loneliness and an emptiness if you've been the ghoster over time.
0: Mm-hmm. When it comes to, uh, you know, how do you how do, you do this in a healthy way? I mean, I'm sure there are some relationships, and some of our listeners are, are tuning in right now saying, yeah, but you don't understand what I've been dealing with. You know, I, I need to just make a clean break and get out of this mess. And yet at the same time, we don't want to be ghosters. We want to have a kind of a, how do you, do a healthy breakup of a relationship that might not be good compared to just walking away from it and saying, well, see you later. (laughs) Or maybe not. Well, I,
1: (laughs) yes. Well, I do
0: it in person. I Hmm. do it in real time
1: and, um, and I have a conversation and I, and it's not about blame. It may be, you know, I've discovered this is not the direction I want to go. And this I'm realizing is not healthy for me. And so you're going to talk to the person, and you're going to um, acknowledge the good, but you're also going to acknowledge it sounds like this is just going to be a uh, a natural ending, mm-hmm. and and we even when we say things like it's not a, it's not about you. This is a decision that that I'm making for me, because um, the ability to say those things and have a conversation with somebody is a key problem solving tool that mm-hmm. you know facing uh, conflict and uncomfortable confrontations these are actual skills that we will need in our life
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i think bringing
1: uh, up it, and talking about hard things yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's it, it's so very important and uh, dr greg jance is giving us an opportunity to kind of learn how to do from from the, the ghosting phenomenon, knowing that there are a lot of people who aren't doing it well, but sometimes it is necessary to you know end a relationship and move on. Um, what is the What are the points of hope that we can find? I mean, obviously God's in the middle of this, and a lot of times these ghosting relationships happen with people who are of the Christian faith. You mentioned there might be somebody sure. like in a small group or Bible study. What kind of hope and healing can we look for? What, what's, what's healthy, what's unhealthy, what's realistic, what's not realistic?
1: Well, I think one of the things we may have an opportunity to work on forgiveness, and maybe there's some self-forgiveness. Hmm. Uh, it may be an opportunity for us to look and learn. Okay, I got into something that wasn't uh, healthy. Um, what do I need to look at uh, for my for maybe another relationship or how? What is a healthy relationship? Because this re- you really can learn if you've been hmm. ghosted and somebody's treated you that way. Well. Okay, Um, what was it about that person that I got pulled into it? Um, And and use it as I, to strengthen yourself uh, versus feeling defeated. Um, Make a decision. I am going, I am worthy, (laughs) and I'm going to stay in the game, Mm -hmm. uh, the game of relationships, and um, I'm going to have discernment. Maybe I'm not going to allow something to go on. Maybe there were early warning signs that I wasn't um, listening to. So look at what is it about, what did I need to do different?
0: Hmm. Use it as a learning opportunity is what you're saying.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And by the way, I've had it happen to me. I know the emotion and I know, are you kidding me? And I know that betrayal, and I go, What? How? And I'm thinking, How could you ever treat another person that way? I don't get it. <laughs> right? So I've yeah. I felt it. We, we've yeah. all had this experience. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's interesting to be on the receiving end of it, too. But I, I can think of a relationship right now where I realize that what I've been doing is pulling away. And I mean, I haven't been, it's not a complete ghosting, but there are, uh, Uh, a couple of, you know, personal and professional relationships where you realize, okay, it's kind of run its course. And you never thought it would after X number of years, or, you know, certain level of connection. And then when it does, you realize, well, I want to make sure I end this the right way, you know, as opposed to just kind of, disappearing from sight. So one of the reasons I was drawn to this new book by Dr. Gregory Jans is for that very reason, the fact that he does outline, it's a very, it's a, it's a brief book. It's very concise and pithy. So it's not like it's a, you know, 400 to 600 page, you know, a, a dissertation on this issue, but rather to say, look, this is why ghosting is, why it matters, why it's everywhere, why people do it, the damaging effects, but then also there's hope and there's healing. And then ultimately, where is God in all this? And, and I'm glad you yeah. kind of conclude the book. Talk, take the final moments of our time together and say, you know, when this is happening and it's so personal, our tent might be to forget that God is in the middle of these relationships. How do we seek God's wisdom when we're hurt from a relationship ending this way?
1: Yeah, and that's so good and so important. And I think there's a time where we cry out to God and we feel wounded and we feel maybe initially some just desperation. And maybe you feel like, will I ever have a good relationship? Will I ever have? And I think um, there is a, Lord, God, help me not to carry this into future relationships. Mm. And uh, really and asking for, for, for healing and, um, and just being humbled by, Lord, what do I need to, to even learn? Uh, and help me, um, you know, to treat people well help me to serve well help me to really reflect in my relationships Christ love mm. and this can be a reminder how am i doing how am i treating others
0: mm. i love that uh, it reminds me of the uh, and i can't remember the name of the theologian who who said this but when we go to worship every sunday it shouldn't be uh, you know what did i like the most about it but glory how did i do you know and, and we keep mm-hmm. the audience of one always our focus then Even in these relationships where we are the ones who've been hurt, we can look and say, well, maybe this is... The same way I've treated somebody else. And there's something I can learn and some way I can do this better. And, and I'm grateful, Dr. Gregory Jantz, that you stepped into the fray here to help us with a phenomenon that we may be experiencing and did not even realize we were. And that is what was referred to as ghosting or just a relationship ending where one person kind of disappears from it and the other person is left to wonder why. Uh, Dr. Jantz's book is called Here Today, Ghosted Tomorrow, When Someone Disappears from Your Life. We've got a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Gregory Jantz, always a pleasure to have you on the program thanks for being with us today here on the bottom line show
1: so good to be with you
0: well this is powerful information dr gregory jance has been my guest today here on the bottom line the book here today ghosted tomorrow when somebody disappears from your life lessons you can learn from the ghosting as it were and how you can put those principles into your life moving forward one copy of the book to give away it's linked up at thebottomlineshow.com as well 800-227-5278 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we continue, a very interesting situation regarding the Internal Revenue Service and the number of people who are filing for tax refunds early, got their W-2 information, went ahead and filed in January, and then as of February 2nd, noticed something very radically different. And that is with regard to how many people are getting refunds. That number has dropped precipitously. We're going to take a look at why this might be happening and what it has to do with the upcoming presidential election. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Dr. Gregory Jans for helping us to explain the phenomenon known as ghosting. What happens when someone leaves your life? Just kind of disappears. It happens online all the time. Somebody that you knew maybe on Facebook or Instagram and used to jolly back and forth with each other and then all of a sudden they just stopped interacting with you and they're gone. And sometimes it's the Facebook algorithm that doesn't give you their information but sometimes people just get tired of talking to you. What is ghosting? How does it impact the church? And what can we as Christians learn from it and do about it? 800-227-5278. We do have one copy of the book that we're giving away today here. 800-227-5278. Not a deep treatise on this. It's about a hundred and something page book uh, that is easily easy to digest, but it might make for a good resource to use at your church's uh, small group session or Bible study. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. I know what it's like to be ghosted. It's happened uh, recently within the past year on a couple of occasions with major, uh, people in my life, shall we say, professionally, whom we've done a lot of work together over the past decade, and then all of a sudden, you know, change of ownership, change of management, change of strategy for the company, and all of a sudden they, um, you know, they don't quite have time. And, uh, And I get that. I mean, I understand it. One of the ways that I try to make sure that we you know are square with somebody is just you know to send some kind of email saying hey it looks like you guys are a little busy or you're moving in a different direction i totally understand why we haven't heard from you in a while and you know we'll, we'll look forward to the next time it happens but let's you know, just just agree to, to break that off and i found that to be a very effective strategy i caught myself this past year um in Engaging in the same thing it was relatively easy to do it was someone who I had worked with and had a good friendship with and and for some reason it just seemed like the requests were getting less and less personal and less and less about the friendship part and more and more about what can you do for me and I just thought I wonder what would happen if I didn't respond and so I didn't <laughs> and then a few more notes and then I didn't and eventually I went wait a minute I can't We're not ending like that. That's not the way it is. I mean, we're still going to be in relationship together. And so we found a a compromise. But you may not realize it, but it's pretty easy to get into a situation where you just stop answering the phone or you just stop making that call and saying, I'm not going to reach out anymore because they don't really appreciate it. And next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute. Is that what God's calling me to do? Is that what God has for me to do? And especially as we get older, you might have a child who is just a thorn in your side. And it's just easier not to pick up the phone because you know they're not going to call you or send you a text or whatever. And trust me, it's not fun. But you have to look at the relationship. And then what is it uh, Paul tells us in Romans 12, as much as it pertains to you, live peaceably with all people. You know, I'm going to do the best I can and let other people respond the way they're going to respond. People are going to do what they're going to do. Hey, coming up on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, we recorded it yesterday morning and yours truly uh, got to bring the topic to the forefront. And the topic was the Robert Hur report. Bob has a couple of fun things to say about that. And then he's a special counsel who basically reported that Joe Biden as vice president. And now, as president, um, has crossed some serious lines with regard to ethics and has committed some pretty serious violations that should be pursued legally, but. The special counsel's final recommendation was well we're not going to do it because when we did actually question the president on this he came across as an elderly old man who forgets a lot of things and that doesn't really put a lot of hope into the american the hearts and minds of the american people so it looks like we are going to be electing a new president uh, this fall regardless of whether it's a republican or democrat or independent because uh, something tells me the wheels have been set in motion Uh, for removing Joe Biden from the top of the Democrat ticket. We're going to talk about that at the top of the hour uh, in the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. If you're listening to one of our affiliates like KCBC, who's already heard it this morning, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I believe uh, KLDC gets it and KLTT gets it when they get it as well. Um, But in the meantime, though, I, I found this story very interesting because remember when the Internal Revenue Service was empowered in the last year, Uh, hiring about 87,000 new agents or whatever and uh, 100 million plus dollars or whatever the dollar amount was to get more IRS agents. And what they told us ostensibly was, we are going to fight corporate crime. We're going to make the rich pay their fair share. We're not going to be hunkering down on John Q. Public and Joan Lunchwagon. No, we are definitely going after the big guys. That's why we need all this money. And for tax year 2022, everything seemed to be pretty normal. I know Lisa and I have, uh, you know, uh, maybe a little more complicated than other tax return thing. We filed our taxes on time and got our refunds and everything was fine. We didn't have a problem with that. But this year, though, some rather interesting news coming from the Internal Revenue Service regarding people who are filing in 2024, early for their 2023 tax refunds, and looking at the amount of money that people were getting in their refunds this year versus what they were getting last year. According to statistics released by the IRS last Friday, the federal income tax refund for the 2024 filing season, this is for tax year 2023, as of February 2nd, that average was $1,395. Now, when you look at um, the fact that if you're comparing um, last year's filing season began January 23rd. Um, this year it started January 29th. So that's just those first few days. But when you take the, the seven-day loss of comparison out and look at a, um, uh, uh, when you look at the, uh, the, the dollar amounts that's actually been put out, the, uh, uh, the direct deposits via refund or refunds via direct deposit have also dropped down. Uh, This is about by 25% from $2,056 to uh, $1,543. The average, I mentioned the average income tax refund for the 2024 filing season so far is $1,395. That is 29% lower than the refunds for the 2023 filing season. Okay, that's really interesting. Now, refund amounts are expected to go up as the IRS is issuing to wait issue some credits and things of that nature. Uh, for example, the IRS is prohibited by law from sending the earned income tax credits or the additional child tax credits before mid-February. So if you look at this again, the next set of uh, refunds is supposed to be, or the, the waiting is supposed to come out this weekend. So there's a good possibility if we were to do this story again next week, that the that dollar amount would go up. Um, taxpayers can receive up to $1,600 in refundable ACT credits per qualifying child. The earned This is amazing. I remember being a young dad, having a stay-at-home mom for a wife and three children, and looking at the earned income tax credit, and it really was frustrating because I was working so hard to provide for us, but the amount for the earned income tax credit was so low that I never qualified for it. But this is where we are in America right now. This is Joe Biden's America, as the left would say about Donald Trump. To qualify for the earned income tax credit, Americans with annual incomes below, are you ready for this? $63,698. Now, when I was coming up, the earned income tax thing was around if you made less than $28,000 or $30,000 or something. But it's incredible for me to think right now, that you qualify for the earned income tax credit if you have a salary of $63,698. And you qualify for credits if you have three or more qualifying children and you're taking the EITC, you'll receive a tax credit of $7,430. That's pretty substantial. That's the kind of thing that would keep a family from saying, Do I take the promotion that gets me from my job that pays? to a job that pays $70,000. Well, now you got a $10,000 increase, but you're going to lose a third of that in taxes and you're going to lose your $7,430 earned income tax credit. That's not fun. But how much money has been refunded so far? And why is that number the one that is basically making everyone spin? Especially when you consider that when it comes to uh, the inflationary cost of trying to do life every day and also who's running for president, who's going to be signing those tax laws saying we've got to increase taxes because the federal deficit is so picking high. Well, let's take a look at how much money has actually been refunded and how it compares to the previous year. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Bottom line show listeners have been so supportive of preborn, and I appreciate you. And I know that preborn does as well. Preborn is the pregnancy resource center that offers women uh, options and offers women the truth when it comes to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you were expecting pregnancy and you want to get a free ultrasound, you can go to a pre-born clinic as well. It's very easy to do. And every time we donate $28 to the cause, that provides one free ultrasound appointment for someone who may or may not have the means to handle this. Now, Terry in Cathedral City recently called in a $1,000 donation. Thank you so much, Terry, for, uh, for giving us that call, especially out of the Coachella Valley. Also, Dennis in Los Angeles called in a $28 donation. Thank you, Dennis, for that $28. And also, I want to say thanks to Diane in San Diego, a $500 donation. Every $28 you provide means one more ultrasound visit for a woman who may be deciding between whether or not to keep the pregnancy or to keep the child. We are pro-child. 85% of the women who go to preborn and see the ultrasound choose life for their preborn child, and you can give a tax-deductible donation online today to support that cause. Go to kbrightradio.com and look for the preborn banner, click the banner and make your best donation today. Welcome back to this edition of the Bottom Line show. I'm Roger Marsh for Talking Taxes. And IRS data that was released last week, there's going to be a new update scheduled for this President's Day weekend. Hopefully, that'll be better news for American taxpayers. But through February 2nd, the um, number of claims that people have filed, I mean, it's not like people aren't filing to get their taxes, but the average refund is $1,395. That that compares, and the the refunds through direct deposit um, are $1,500. $43. That's down 25%. That 13.95 amount is down 29%. But here's the thing that's crazy so far. So far in this tax season, the IRS has sent out 3.64 billion with a B dollars in refunds. Last year, when we were told all the new IRS agents there and they're all going after the big guys and they're not going to squeeze down low on these lower guys last year it was 15.69 billion in refunds through this point in other words two things jump out first that's a 76 percent drop in the amount of refunds that the irs has sent out this year number one and number two last year at this time there were nearly 16 billion dollars of your tax dollars and my tax dollars that the irs had withheld and over withheld and hung on to them for God knows how long. Now, this is a nation that runs a $1.5 trillion deficit every year. Winds up adding $1.5 trillion to the federal debt. Half of those debt dollar amounts are in interest payments on the debt. No wonder the IRS is hanging on to $15 billion. Now, they're going to need a lot more of those to make up the difference between an $850 billion shortfall. But all of that money is sitting there, and all of that money is yours and mine. Now, I'm all for paying fair share, and you hear Dennis Wilson on here all the time from Wilson Financial Services saying the same thing. We want to be good stewards with the resources to which God has entrusted us, and in order to be good stewards of said resources, that means we pay the fair amount of taxes to Caesar, and we make sure that we are tithing and giving our tithes and offerings to the church or the church community. But remembering that 100% of it belongs to God and it's not good stewardship to just let the IRS come in and claw back money that comes out of your paycheck, it's, it's, as one pundit put it, how crazy is this, is this country? Basically what we have is we have a nation where we're taxed when we earn money and we're taxed when we spend money And we're taxed when we invest money because eventually we pay tax on the money we take out and what we earn. Every step of the way, there seems to be a tax. Yes, it's important for us to pay our our fair share of taxes. I understand that. And oftentimes, fair share, people go, well, Bill Gates is a multi-zillionaire, so he needs to pay a lot of taxes and we shouldn't have a deficit. Fair share of taxes defined by whom? That's the question. Please prayerfully consider as you are going to the polls for, first of all, and I say this for our Colorado and California uh, bottom line to so listeners, the primaries are going on now. It's all mail-in in Colorado. It may as well be all mail-in in California. The final day to vote, if you want to go to the polls in person, it's in California anyway, you could do that. It's Tuesday, March the 5th. But understand that the federal deficit is so high and state deficits, look at California. Here in the People's Republic of California, Emperor Newsom is running a $68 billion projected budget shortfall next year. That means cost of everything is going to go up. The question we have to ask is to whom are we entrusting? People get so uh, get their knickers all in a twist over the morality of Donald Trump or this, that, and the other thing. Hey, guys, we are way past that right now i don't consider any politician you can talk a great game about being a good solid christian i want to see what you do as john rush my colleague on the national crawford roundtable says we need to remind politicians that they work for us we hire them with our vote and they keep their job by doing right by us uh, with regard to fiscal responsibility and not being morally bereft so we'll say well there goes donald trump well I mean, we're going to find more and more politicians that are morally bereft. And you're going to be surprised just that John Fetterman, for example, the guy who had major brain injury activity, was running. He really didn't know if he was even going to be fully present mentally. Voters in Pennsylvania voted him into the Senate and he kept showing up in hoodies every day. But all of a sudden, he's fighting anti-Semitism. And all of a sudden, he's uh, kind of hawkish when it comes to war and defending Israel and public policy and our borders and maybe the hoodie threw a lot of people off at the end of the day god's looking at what is a reaction and how you act based on what is the condition of your heart that will tell him more about who you are than anything else that's the bottom line for our kcbc audience enjoy the rest of your afternoon and rabbi schneider with discovering the jewish jesus coming up next for those who remain on the network it's this week's edition of the national crawford roundtable podcast Coming up next as the bottom line continues.